Hello everyone, welcome to or welcome back to Loquacious. I hope you're keeping well. So for today's episode we decided to look at leadership. Obviously leadership is quite prevalent in today's society, whether that be governmental leadership, organisation leaders, or just us being leaders of ourselves. I guess people tend to forget that sometimes. But um, yeah, so I got Anna on the show with me today to discuss leadership. Um, A wide variety of topics we're going to discuss today regarding who our favourite leader was, what kind of values make up leaders, what kind of leaders are we. And yeah, I hope you enjoy it. I guess just a quick disclaimer beforehand, um, poor Anna has bad Wi-Fi living in Donegal, so the sound quality isn't the best, but I still hope you can hear her and understand our conversation. But hopefully by next week, it won't be that bad. And the next time I have Anna on, it won't be that bad. But still, I hope you enjoy it nonetheless. So I'm going to let my guest for today introduce themselves. Guest, go ahead. Uh, hi everyone, I'm Anna and I'm 19. I do law and social justice in the as well and I'm really excited to be on this podcast. Anna is actually a listener, guys. We have a listener. This This is a big day. But anyway, I guess, as I said earlier, um, the topic that we're discussing today is leadership. I like to keep it to one word so that we can be quite broad. And obviously, I look at it at an individual and a kind of global social level. So I guess we'll start with individual first. Always best to look at ourselves. And in terms of leadership, the way I was kind of coming up with sort of prompts for this is that we go through leadership every single day. Me getting out of bed is an act of leadership. I don't do it often, but when I do, it's an act of leadership because I'm sort of motivating myself to kind of lead myself. Like I am a leader and a follower for myself. That's just the way I see it anyway. So I guess when it comes to motivating yourself, Anna, how do you find motivating yourself during this like COVID online school time? Um, like before COVID, I wasn't really the best at motivating myself. And now it's like even worse. I have literally no motivation I'm gonna be honest like I just nothing motivates me to get my work done even the thought of like failing because like see growing up and everything like I would always have this oh my god I did so bad on that test I failed and then it would turn out that I did better than expected so I'm like like my ego goes up so I'm like I don't need to do all that work like I'm fine but yeah it's just it's not I feel so guilty when I don't work and then I feel like other people are so much more motivated than me. So it makes me feel like bad about myself. But yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm like a week behind on lectures. I'm going to be honest. Oh my God. Like I get, I get burst. And that's it. Like I show up to lectures. I show up to the tutorials. When it comes to like being physically present, I am there. Am I mentally present? No. We've done five weeks of college. I cannot tell you anything that I've learned except maybe like excessive self-defense from criminal. <laughs> that is legit it. Like I'm, I feel like I'm in sort of an unconscious daze. Like semester one, I was very motivated. I was like, okay, we want to get good grades. We want to do this. Um, I guess like lockdown wasn't really new, but it was still the first year of lockdown and it was only my second semester online. So I was actually still quite motivated. I was like, it's the beginning of a new year. It's second year. I I want to do well because I'm just that kind of person that I like doing well academically so I said you know we're going to put all the effort in we're going to do it and probably because I didn't have anything else to do 
Now I've come to third semester of online. I am so done with this. I couldn't care less. I show up to class and that's me doing my due diligence. That's me saying, okay, that's all I need to do. I haven't looked over any of the notes, nothing, but I feel like when it comes to motivating myself, I'm quite like internally driven. I know some people are externally driven in terms of motivating themselves, like they'll kind of get their leadership cues from like maybe parents telling them to do work or telling them to achieve more, friends who are doing much more like, I guess, prestigious or recognizable things. I don't know how you describe it, but if your friends are kind of quite ambitious, then it kind of means that you'll be a bit more ambitious. So would you say you're more internally or externally driven? I'm definitely more internally because growing up, my parents like were really let us grow like independently. Like they would never be like, oh, like they would have never have to force me to do my homework or force me to do my work. It was always just me. But like so I would say I'm definitely internally driven. And I like I'm really independent when it comes to doing like academic things. So like when like now I'm in college it's I'm just I just I don't know what to do. Like it just like I get the work done but I don't know how. If you get me. I get that, yeah. I, I finished my essay this week for one of my modules and I was like, okay, that's that. I don't need to worry about that at all. Then I'm like, okay, I have like five other modules that I should be looking at stuff for. But it's it's really difficult. And I feel like college students are completely neglected during COVID, but that oh, is yeah. a talk for another time because we can't open that can of worms. It'll just like, I feel like it'll lead to a lot of ranting. But I, yeah, I'm definitely more internally driven. I've always had my ambitions for myself regardless of whether it was academic or personal like during 2020 I became a lot more confident in myself and that was something I've always wanted to achieve so I was leading myself in that way to become more confident I feel like when people think of leadership they don't really think of like motivation on the same sort of scale they don't really think of you leading yourself in every decision that you make because every decision you make is you being a leader not for anyone else but for yourself and I feel like people forget that sometimes sorry yeah that's first Thing that you said at the start like oh I'm a leader every day when I get out of bed I'm like oh my god you've just like rewired how I'm gonna think about myself it's like I got out of bed today I made breakfast I'm a leader girl boss no I feel like people like the society kind of wires us we kind of see things that oh we go to college for the future every every single grade that we work hard for is for the future anytime we earn money we're saving for the future we're so focused on the future that we're not a, appreciating and kind of living in the present and I feel like that's the same way with leadership we spend so much time focusing on us being a CEO or a leader in the workplace or a leader in our field and we kind of are wired in that way from society to think that a leader has to have a band of followers behind them but I'm my biggest follower while being a leader because every single decision that I make I'm following that decision so I'm a leader and a follower all in one. And I feel like people don't really think of it like that, but it kind of motivates me to be like, okay, I am, I am as a leader, I'm also my biggest follower. So I have a lot of care to hold for myself and a lot of care to put towards myself. It kind of keeps me on track to make sure that I'm, you know, mentally, physically and spiritually healthy to kind of focus on myself that I'm here able to make decisions for myself, but also take care of myself at the same time. And I feel like as much as I hate 2020 and COVID, that re like that year really put a lot of things into perspective for me because I had a lot of time to slow down and actually think. But one of the major things I think people kind of associate with being a leader is responding to criticism. 
I don't know, are you the kind of person who's able to respond to criticism? Like, would you take it on like the chin and like fix yourself? Are you the kind of person to be like, no, you can't say anything bad about me? No, like, see, when I read like, the prompts, I wrote in my notes, I ranted because I am horrible at taking criticism. I am the worst. And I don't know why it's like, I'm like self-aware now. Like I know I'm, I can't take it, which is like a starting point. But like, I think it's because growing up, I was always like really quiet in school and like I was kind of like the good student. I never made any like trouble. So then if a teacher or if someone like criticized something of my work, I would take it as a personal attack uh, like against me. And do you know, did you do um, criminal last year? Like last semester? Yeah, with Mark. Yeah, I did. See, when he was like, oh, I'm going to be giving personal feedback and my heart started racing. I was like, oh God, oh God, no. And I remember when he released the script, and I went to check and I and my hand was like shaking. And I was like, why am why am I like this? Why am I like I just can't take it? Like I wouldn't be like I would probably hold a grudge if someone said something really bad. Like a, a like a teacher or something be like, What are you thinking here? Like do you ever see the red ones? <laughs> yeah. I would or do you know what the company Oh, did you, did you I did do company, but one thing that sticks to my mind when you mentioned rude people is last year, Mark, our criminal lecturer, obviously, for a lot of you that don't know or don't study law. Mark, if you're listening. <laughs> Mark, and um, we're not going to say a surname for defamation reasons, but <laughs> basically on our first lecture for criminal, Mark, our lovely lecturer, had come on and was basically saying that, oh, you know, you got to put the work in, you got to do all the readings from previous experiences every single year that I've taught this B&L. BNL, aka the course that I do, business and law students are the most lax. I was like, wow, I'm taking that really personal mark. I'm going to put in so much work. To <laughs> like, I'm the kind of person that, okay, when it comes from family members, that's when it hurts me most. But because it's coming from family members, I, after I kind of get over my initial, I don't know. I feel like it's in my personality. It's probably genetic to be quite defensive. And whether I'm defensive because I'm a brown person living in a predominantly white place, because I'm a girl living in like good studying a predominantly male thing. Um, I don't know whether I'm defensive for that reason. I feel like I have a lot to prove or I feel like I have to prove myself. I don't exactly know what it is. I'm not that self-aware yet. But I do know sometimes when it comes to critiques, I can be defensive. However, I've gotten so much better. Like responding to criticism is a huge thing of leadership. So let's just keep like, we're, it's relevant. It's relevant. I had this dream once that uh, my mom had come into my room when I was younger and she basically held up a drawing that I did and said this was rubbish and it deserved to go into the toilet. Now, my mom would never say that. My mom is like the biggest, biggest supporter of all my paintings and my drawings and whatever. Like she loves everything that I do. but oh my god I swear like every time I think of that it makes me shudder and I'm 19 years old now and that happened when I was about like four or five so I like I was historically to conclude historically I'm not the best at dealing with criticism but I'm getting a lot better especially especially for a person who's quite defensive in their nature not because I never think I could be wrong or I never think that there could be something bad with me or that there's something that I need to improve on but just because maybe I do feel like I have something to prove I'm not really sure what it is but let's just say I've been a lot better at responding to criticism but I guess what we were discussing before we started recording for this is how would you describe your leadership style like I don't know whether you Myers-Briggs it or you want to give us your letters <laughs> well my Myers-Briggs thing is like INFP 
but I don't really know much about that but when you told me last night about like the prompt I did the leadership style test and it says that I'm a I lean towards a democratic or participative style of leadership so yeah it says that I like giving the orders but I like to get everyone involved but I don't really know because I've never I've never really been like in a leadership position Mm. do you know what I mean so I don't really know how I would be so do you know what I mean? Well, I guess in a group project, I feel like every time I'm writing one of those law firm applications, the first thing I think of when they ask for an example of leadership is group projects. So if you were in a group project right now, say, for example, there's four of you, would you actively like take the lead and say, OK, let's organize a group chat. When do you want to do the meetings? Like that kind of thing. What would yeah, you like in I'm, that situation? I'm the kind of person who's like, if no one else in the group takes like initiative I will step in yeah but, like if there's someone else who kind of asserts dominance if you know what I mean yeah they're like okay like I'm gonna do this and I'll just I'll just do what they say but if no one else does anything then I'll step in and also like when I said I don't really have much leadership experience I actually just remembered like I was peer mentor well yeah. I am a peer mentor so I guess that's an example that is an example but yeah but didn't really feel like when it just felt like I was helping people I'm on top of you like I'm the leader I feel like people have this idea of a leader a leader that a leader should be someone who's more superior to you and they make all the decisions for you and you just follow them but like realistically I don't really think that's the case okay maybe it is in a company when your leader is like your manager or your supervisor or whatever but I think as a leader like if you're in a group project that is a pure example of leadership if someone was to come in like say for example I do a module and we're doing a group project for it this year so I got the list of who's in my group I just emailed them and I said hey guys I hope you're all keeping well whatever I was thinking it might be easier to establish a group chat for this just instead of conversing over email let me know what you think if you find that to me your numbers or whatever way you want to make the group chat and I'll make it no bother so we made it and like that's fine but like I'm comfortable in leadership positions but I'm also very comfortable in follower positions I'm very very adaptable I like okay yes like you in a way if no one else is do it it will do it I'll do it and if other people aren't as experienced then okay yes I'll do it but I am also very comfortable in being in a follower position I'm all like okay this whole podcast is about perspective and other people's opinions I am all about perspective so if like I would as a leader I'd be more like you more democratic I'd love to get other people's ideas and see what they think like I don't like making decisions without other people getting an opportunity to say what they think first because then you could be missing out on like a huge huge idea that could be so much more beneficial for you if you just kept going with your ideas and I think my leadership style okay I think my Myers-Briggs is ENFP or ENJ ENFJ I don't know it's I'm definitely extroverted and I know it starts EN so but yeah I'm I'm definitely extroverted in a way I'm very social so yeah I think my leadership style will be more democratic like yours I think but coming back to you then are you a leader or a follower or are you adaptable to both see um now that like you talk about leader like leadership and following and stuff I remember like all throughout primary school and secondary school I would always be the one to like whisper the answer to my friends and then my friends would like put their hand up and say the answer and get it right and I'd be like oh so I feel like I have like leadership potential I'm just a bit shy oh I get that like I want to be here I want to be good but my personality is just a bit yeah like I need to put myself out there more because I feel like I have potential 
Mm, no, you, yeah, I, I completely get that. Like, that's the thing, though, is that I feel like if you're that kind of person, it's not that you don't have the potential, because you do. It's the idea that you're having some, someone else to fall for it or someone else yeah. to take kind of initial idea that, oh, they're the leader, whereas you're kind of feeding them. You're the chief of staff to the president. That's what you are. <laughs> I know. It's like you're the chief, I'm the chief saying of staff. all the right answers and someone else is taking the credit. Exactly. Yeah. I, think, I think it also, like, going into therapy, this is getting deep, I think it might be like a self-esteem thing. Mm. That I think, oh, this person would be way, way better at me than it, so I'll just let them do it. So then that just leaves me in like the shadows kind of, whereas I know deep down that I do have the potential to be like a leader. But I'm just, I, I, get that, I just think yeah. people are better than me. Do you know what I mean? You like know even, you, you should put yourself into a leadership position. Run for class rep. That, that is know, the best I leadership did. thing I ever did. My course has 129 people. I kid you not. I know most of them now because of class rep. I had to stand in front of lecture theatres like 500 odd people and give announcements. I like... It, and you got to sit on the students union like it's so good to kind of put you in that position to mm. put yourself out there like I'm constantly forcing myself to go out of my comfort zone because I don't want to be stuck in like this yeah, stagnant state you know like I want to constantly keep improving myself so I, I'd say that's a good way to go hey next year everyone vote, uh, everyone vote uh, but if you're going on Erasmus then can you be class rep we'll say okay. for fourth year then fourth year <laughs> it's all good but like I guess following on from what you mentioned about kind of you know being the chief of staff if we'll call it that are you are you innovative are you like are you willing to accept new ideas are you the kind of person who likes to just stick like even if you're not leader of a group or leader of yourself like would you want to find new ways to do things are you innovative in that way because I feel like a lot of people now focus innovate innovativeness or innovation as such a huge part of leadership I don't really know. I've never really fully thought into it, but I do think not staying stagnant in the way you problem solve and kind of just focusing on new ways to do things is a lot more efficient for people and it gives a lot better results. So would you consider yourself, like, would you think that, oh, if I'm doing something, whether it's college related or just personal related, like, would you sit there and say, okay, yes, I would look for easier, more efficient way to do things. Or are you more like sticking into your roots? Like you'll stick on the same path. Um, I'm not sure. I think it's always good to like grow and like like self growth and stuff like that. But I think say if I was doing a, a presentation and say like, are you in company at all this this semester as well? No, business law. Don't do company. We do it in fourth year instead, actually. Oh, okay, sorry. But anyway, they it's like we have full like freedom to make a presentation however we want. Like it could be recorded on Zoom. It can be a slideshow with like the voiceover and thing. And I'm kind of like, I feel like. I, I just kind of stick with the first option, like whatever he says. Like he can be, oh, it can just be a voiceover with a slideshow. So I'm like, okay, I'll go with that. I'm not like, oh, I can make this into like a whole big video, like an iMovie thing. I'm just kind of like, right, the simplest one, the one that will get it done the quickest with like good results. But then I don't know if it's just because I'm like that or because everyone else in the group is kind of like, yeah, we'll do that as well. So if there's someone else, maybe with a more creative idea, then I would probably side with them as well because I don't know it's like if more people want to do it then I'm like okay yeah so maybe that's how maybe I'm a little bit of a follower as well yeah no I like, get that like being innovative for things is sometimes it's quite daunting sometimes like when you know something works and it works well yeah. it's in our human nature to constantly stick to that like if I knew that to get this essay written I have a certain method of doing it 
I know it gives me good grades, I know I get it done in time, it doesn't cause me too much hassle, then in my mind, why would I deviate from that, if you get me? Yeah. But I feel like a lot, a lot, a lot of growth comes from actually being able to deviate from your normal state of leadership, yeah. I guess. Um, because like the module that I actually study on leadership is it's quite interesting and it's opened my mind so much. But it's all about going from this normal state of leadership by being in the known, in the certainty, in the usual routine to entering like the fundamental state of leadership where you're walking on a bridge while it's being built you know it's all uncertain you have no idea but you're learning so much and I feel like by deviating from normal now I'm not saying that I'm going to deviate from normal when I write my essays because I want my essays done I want to get them out of the way but when it comes to other things I feel like after kind of exploring myself and becoming a bit more self-aware in that way I would like to try new ways to do things I would like to see how other things work I'm quite fascinated in a lot of random stuff so I would be interested in that regard whether I actually go out and do it I don't know we'll see when I'm actually able to see people and be leadership be a leader be leadership be a leader (laughs) be a leader over someone other than myself but um uh, yeah I think innovation is something that people don't really delve into too much because we can't as humans we kind of like like sticking to what we know fear the unknown is quite prevalent i think for humans yeah it would be called like fear of change yeah fear of change like especially when you know something works and it works well like why would you change and even like it's like us doing problem questions for an exam like when you know that the cases and the facts and everything is the exact same as a case you studied then why would you look into anything else you know, but it's all about looking for something else and trying to find something else that makes this case different. So I guess that's enough on the individual element. Society, global leadership. I feel like we live in an age where leaders are put high on a pedestal and we're all talking crap about them and putting them to these high standards. And especially since a lot of people have a lot to say about leaders, especially now at the moment with them, the Irish government you know in the leaked nine week extra lockdown when we couldn't even get a proper official announcement like I swear but first questions first I like good thing I told you that this was going to be one of them that I wanted to ask just a disclaimer we don't script this podcast it's very informal it's very chatty but I do write out a list of prompts in case in case you just don't know what to talk about, which could be the case sometimes, but this is one question that I really wanted to ask Anna. So I sent it to her yesterday in advance so she could have a little time to think about it. Because if someone was to ask me who my favourite leader was on the spot, I probably wouldn't be able to answer it. So take it away, Anna. Who's your favourite leader? <laughs> this is a hard one. Um, but I was thinking, I was like, who is my favourite leader? Donald Trump? Oh, absolutely not. Joe Biden? No, better than the last but not the best. Yeah. Irish government. Anyone in the Irish government? Absolutely not. Boris Johnson? No. Shout out. Um, don't hate me. But um, then I was thinking um, Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand. Yeah. Minister. She seems like she actually cares about people. And she actually, she just seems like another human rather than some rich, like, capitalistic just he just wants money if you know what yeah, I mean like, I get seems that. Like she, she actually cares about people and she actually actually takes her job as actually talking about this Bernie Sanders I was watching an interview about him from when he was like younger and he was saying when he was the mayor he never like the whole reason he goes by Bernie and not like Sanders in his campaign from is because he 
wants like the people he works for because he sees himself as like an employee of the people yeah. he wants the people he works for to see him as an equal and not someone on some pedestal like not like someone who's above everyone else so I, th- I thought I it's actually funny, funny that I listened to the interview a couple of days ago with now this but yeah I think so I don't know if you could qualify him as a leader since he's not really in a position like a big position but he would be my ideal one but then just in our dream if we're talking about actual like leaders of countries she would probably probably be I guess like the you mentioned two very prominent leaders I guess like Donald Trump and Joe Biden no Donald Trump okay like the one positive about Donald Trump is that like you kind of see what you get and you get what you see like I think with him, one good thing was that because he was constantly tweeting about stuff and constantly being petty, there was not much that he did that was quite secret. Whereas with the Obama administration, there was a lot of stuff going on in the Middle East that shouldn't have been going on, but people didn't really know about it. And I feel like that was one kind of hesitant thing that I had about Joe Biden going into president. Like, yes, okay, what he spoke about during his presidential campaign was great and all, but now he's come out and says that the Uyghur Muslim crisis is all to do with cultural differences in China. And I'm kind of like, excuse me? You have like thousands upon thousands, near a million people in what is like present day concentration camps. Women are being made sterile, organ harvesting. Like it's absolutely awful just because they want to diminish the Muslim population in that country, and you're going to call it cultural difference. I don't really think that makes a lot of sense, buddy. But um, when it comes to like, I think for me, like I like the idea of Bernie Sanders kind of saying like he is an employee of the people. As a president, as any sort of person in sort of government positions, you are an employee of the people, you're democratically elected, your job is to be there, a leader for the people, to represent the people. And I kind of like that idea that he sees himself as that. But I think when it comes to my favourite leader, I don't like any of like the traditional leaders, like you said when you were discussing like Donald Trump, the Irish government, Boris Johnson, like none of them, (laughs) none of them tickle my fancy to be honest. I guess I look at leaders in a different way now since doing this module, especially considering like I figure that I'm a leader of myself. But I think when I think of leaders, I think of people paving the way for other people to change, for other people to improve. I don't really think of someone in like a political position. I don't really think of someone who's the head of some sort of company or the head of some sort of organization. I see a leader as someone who lives their life through ways that they consider good and that encourages other people to do the same. Like I would consider Princess Diana a leader. I think she was definitely a leader in terms of getting people to see this other, other side of a monarchy. And she never really saw herself as this kind of member of the royal family or like a typical one. She would never stay quiet about issues. If she believed something, she would stick up for it. She would stand up for the, her issues that she thought were worth fighting for. And yes, okay, they went against the royal family, but that's who she was. She was a leader in her own right because she stood for what she believed in and she paved the way for other people to do the same. And I think if you look at now Harry and Meghan, when they left the, their royal family mm-hmm. duties and they're considering what's best for them, I'd say he's kind of looking at his mother and thinking, you know, like, look at what she did and look at what she achieved for herself. Because can you can, can you imagine the amount of confidence it would take to do something like that? Stick up to the royal family of England, especially. But the pride she must feel for herself, knowing that she gets to go about and have an influence coming from that family, but also use that influence for good things. So I definitely think, like, 
Diana for me would be a good idea of a leader. But in terms of present day, I definitely think like one thing that I see that makes me quite happy is like, I guess I'm doing quotation marks because this is a podcast and you can't see, but I'm doing quotation marks for, I guess, not influencers, but like celebrities. So there's a good few football players coming out now and saying things about the way that people are being treated by the government. So Mesut Ozil, he's mm-hmm. he's an ex-Arsenal football player. He lost his Adidas sponsorship, which basically was a real driving force in him being playing for Arsenal um, because he spoke out about the Uyghur Muslim crisis. As a Muslim himself, but he, like, even for anyone, like, how could you stand there and just let a company use slave labour? Like, okay, obviously these are all allegations until Adidas come out and confirm that they have but which they aren't probably going to do but I think for him to stand up and lose his spot on the Arsenal team kind of shadows Colin Kaepernick in a way but to stand up for something that he believed in something that he believed shouldn't be allowed and yes okay he lost his job but fundamentally he stood up for what he believed same with Muhammad Ali I think like the boxer yes okay not everyone liked him but at the same time, he stood up for what he believed in. He stood up for Palestine. He stood up for the Muslim people who were receiving oppression all over the world. And he didn't care whether people liked him or not after making those things. But him as a leader to himself and as to a leader to his values, he stood up and said, OK, I don't agree with this. And I'm going to talk about it because as a celebrity, quotation marks again, I have a platform that I can inform loads of people about it. Like, look at when Gigi Hadid even tried to tell people that her dad was Palestinian and Instagram banned it. Like, I'm sorry, but like nowadays there are so many things going on that people don't really talk about I guess and I feel like as a celebrity or a leader of like a leader is essentially someone who has a following and people follow them maybe not physically maybe not through their values but lead people still follow you You follow a celebrity on Instagram with like 20 million followers or whatever they're all followers. They they learn to dress like them. They learn to act like them. They learn to do makeup like them. Whatever. You follow people and true to the word, I think people kind of miss that idea sometimes. They kind of just see a leader as someone who is head of a political party or head of a company. But yeah, I don't really have like a traditional favorite leader. I like, I, I like, I would call them characteristics and traits of leaders more than having just one person who I like as a leader but I guess following on from that point and following on from your point about Bernie and Jacinda but do you think we should hold leaders to a higher moral and ethical standard than we do because like ourselves because when you see leaders I think that you look at leaders and you're like okay they should be doing this they should be doing this but if you as a human wouldn't do that yourself like we're holding leaders to a higher moral standard we're saying as leaders they should be better than us they should be doing this but at the end of the day they're humans and so are we so why are we holding them to a higher moral standard what do you think you're like I get that but I think as well when you elect someone to basically like make your life better like make everyone that's what you're supposed to that's what they're supposed to do I think you it's normal to kind of have standards and be like oh well they should be making sure that like it's really not much asking that there's no homeless people it's not a lot to ask that they start out like the housing crisis and all this and then they just like I think it's normal to hold like leaders on like a pedestal kind of keep them on a pedestal because it's what you expect like a leader it's probably what you think a leader is maybe everyone thinks of 
politicians and presidents in a different way because everyone has different like leadership ideas like what leadership means to them but I think I don't think it's a bad thing because most of our leaders are kind of bad anyway yeah like you kind of need to like keep them like hold them to a high regard but I don't think it really works anyway because I think it doesn't really matter what your personal opinion is or like or how this politician should be working because it's like a collective thing like if one person like I'm like oh I don't like this leader I think the council they're cancelled <laughs> but then someone else is like no they're just doing their job like they're human too but I'm but some things are just inexcusable kind of yeah like I do think when a leader especially like a president or something has a lot more power to do bad I think then we should definitely hold them to a higher moral standard because me as a normal citizen of the world citizen of the country I do not have the access to nuclear launch codes not that Ireland has any but I'm just saying in general I do not have access to pass laws I do not have access to bribe government politicians to basically vote things in my favor sorry I've been watching a lot of scandal so that's why these are the first (laughs) things that come to my mind but because as a normal person I don't have the power to do that I don't need to worry about me having high moral standards to not do something like that so I guess in a leader in that way I completely agree with you they're there to kind of represent us they're there to represent our interests improve our standard of living and represent our concerns so I would put them to a higher moral standard in some sense but I wouldn't go so far because if as soon as you go so far we're kind of being unrealistic we're kind of having too much of a higher standard for leaders that no one will ever live up to our standards no one can ever be perfect at the end of the day we're all humans and behind and beside every single leader making one decision is easily about 50 other people who influence that decision and I feel like people forget that just because a leader makes a decision doesn't mean that he's the only one making it I think that people sometimes miss that but um on to continue on to the more like ethical side of things I guess one thing we learned about in this module is moral luck and wait yeah more like sorry I feel like my accent makes that sound really weird moral luck um it's also 10 40 in the morning so my voice is a bit croaky but um the way moral luck works for those of you who don't know what it is it's basically the idea that a leader can go making an ethical decision and end up with an unethical outcome or a leader can make an unethical decision and end up with an ethical outcome it's this idea that you're playing chance that the outcome of your decision obviously no one looks at the decision they look at the outcome of the decision because it's the outcome that affects you especially if it's a leader of a country it is the outcome that affects the people so I feel like with moral luck the whole point is this idea that leaders whether you're a leader of yourself leader of a country leader of an organization whatever leaders have the sort of moral luck complex where they could go in with good intentions but end up with an unethical outcome or they can go in with unethical intentions and end up with an ethical outcome. It's this idea that you're playing chance with your ethics. What do you think of that? Yeah, I've actually never heard of that until now. I remember I like Googled it before this. I was like, what is that? But I think it's actually really interesting because I think it's like a really big thing how if someone can I was choking, sorry. I love it. Yeah, I was just choking with my water. Apologies, continue. Yeah, but I'm not really that sure what it's about, but I think it's really interesting how I would say it's more common, like in our world, with leaders who go and be like with an unethical decision, like they're like, oh, let's do this. But say 
the odd chance that comes out, it might have good and like a good outcome. They'd be like, oh, I did this, like vote for me, I made this happen, even though they could be like, had really bad intentions going in. But I think, I'm not sure of any examples of that. I'm not sure if you would have any. Yeah, I don't have any like explicit examples of where it's so prevalent. I feel like when it comes to leaders, I think it's more prevalent in politicians or even just mm-hmm. like, say, for example, if you own a business and you're like, OK, say, for example, you're the marketing head, you're the head of the marketing department, president. I don't know. Is that what they call it? President of the marketing department? I don't know. <laughs> We're just going to go with the president of the marketing department, um, Gary, Gary from marketing. And basically, Gary's there living his best life as head of the marketing department. And he says, OK, I think it would be a really good idea for us to try and cut some costs this year, especially with COVID. We want to give people more COVID pay. Let's try and cut costs. So Gary gets his team together. He tries to cut costs in a way that doesn't decrease the productivity or decrease the work standard of the people in the business, I guess, but also cut the cost of the business so that he can give more to the people in terms of COVID pay. That is the main aim. Through the money that he's cut costs with, he wants to give people more COVID pay. So Gary makes this decision, which he wants to have an ethical outcome. It is a high moral decision for you to want to cut costs for the company and give that money that you could have put in as profit to your employees, right? It would be a high moral decision, I think. So then what happens is, is that he cuts costs, but then what happens is that the firm decreases in productivity anyway, people end up losing their jobs, and what actually happens is an unethical outcome from an ethical decision. It's sort of that kind of idea that you're playing chance. It's like you're playing Russian roulette. You make a decision and you don't know if the outcome is going to be ethical or unethical because you can't see the future. So in that way, leaders, yeah, okay, they're held up to a high moral standard, but every decision they make, I think, isn't always going to have that unethical intention or that ethical intention because we constantly focus on the outcome. No, I get that. Yeah, the outcome is what we see. We don't see any of the, like the backward kind of. Exactly. Like we're, it's, we're so quick to judge leaders because we hold them to a higher moral standard, as we yeah. should in most cases. But we are so quick to judge them. Like, say, for example, all this like COVID decisions by the Irish government, we're not there to see what they're considering, how they're considering, what are the pros and cons. We just see an extra nine week lockdown. We don't really see why they're doing that, what, what real benefits a nine week lockdown could have. And what real disadvantages it could be if we let, got let out now. Let out. It's as if we're in prison. Let out. <laughs> got let out. Let out for break. Break time. But we got like let out now. That's the thing though, is that we don't see that. We just see the decision. So I think we need to think more of like, and we're never, we may never know, but we also need to keep in mind that like, if we ever want more leaders, we need to kind of realize that the moral luck is to play especially in politics there is a lot of moral luck because there's so many factors that you have to take into consideration when you make a political decision as a political leader and there are times when those can slip through so I feel like not that we should be lax about our leaders because you know hold them accountable for their decision yeah. but like when people think of a leader I have this question that I was actually really interested in asking you there is this thing in Um, You might have looked this up as well, because I don't think it would have made sense beforehand. But there is this problem called the Hitler problem. And basically what the Hitler problem is, and I'd like everyone who's listening to kind of look in on yourself and just kind of reflect and think, this is the question about the Hitler problem. Is Hitler a leader? 
Now, this kind of combines everything that we've discussed in terms of ethical and moral standards that we have of leaders. We see them as ethical people because they're supposed to represent us and all humans are ethical, yada, 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 right? Now, there's two stages that you can take Hitler's leadership career. Now, I'm doing leadership in quotations because you decide as a person whether Hitler is a leader. But you have pre-World War II and you have World War II. Now, take pre-World War II, right? Hitler came in as a leader and at the end of World War I, obviously Germany had a lot of unemployment, a lot of poverty. Loads of people had lost their jobs. They had no money coming in, no food. It was very, very grim looking we'll say that Hitler came in and what did he give people he gave people hope and especially at the end of a war hope is all people need people had hope they believed in his ideas that he would reboost the economy he would give them jobs jobs would give them food everything would be back to normal right when Hitler gave people hope and he showed he was a person of the people at the time that would seem ethical right and now we look at World War II and that is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly unethical. So I feel like because people see ethics and having good moral standards as a key value of leaders, would you consider Hitler a leader? I wouldn't because leadership to me, like as I was saying, I think everyone has different ideas of what leadership is, but leadership to me is someone who's like empathetic and like open-minded and kind of like kind and caring and do you know what I mean like yeah not I know that like I'm anti-capitalist like I'll say <laughs> that but like um I feel like people are always so like I know it's important like I'm, I don't want to sound like stupid or anything I know the economy is important but I think like connecting with human beings and like having empathy and just like you know like working as like one is more important yeah because and as well, the economy is literally built. It's not like built to fail. So like it's not so much a leader problem, like the whole Germany plea or what you think about like low unemployment and all that. It's not just a leadership problem, it's like a systematic problem. It's like the system that was in place. Like it makes people be like unemployed. So anyway, I'm not going on around. But yeah, I think that I just wouldn't consider him a leader, especially like maybe if I was in Germany pre World War Two. But like I'm not, I don't know that much about him. Like I don't know if he has like views on like Jews and like everyone else was like made public before he ran. Like was that a thing? Do you know? Or was it like an after? Um, see, the thing is, right, is that it's so easy to split a leader into their good and their bad stages. Hitler had a very distinct good and bad stage. He had World War Two with a whole whole lot of bad. And then he had pre-World War II where the German people saw him as someone who can unite them, bring them back to the Germany that was before World War I, give them hope to be a country again. And I feel like Hitler's kind of a master manipulator. He got the people on his side pre-World War II. So that when he did all the bad, there wasn't much resistance, you know? So... I don't know if I would class Hitler as a leader. I haven't fully decided yet, but I do know that a leader is, I do know that a leader isn't all ethical standards. Because if you hold a leader as being just having good moral standards, when it comes to making the difficult decisions, that's not possible. 
when it comes to even firing people that's not possible like I feel like there's so much more dimensions you know what it's like what Shrek said ogres are like onions they have layers you know like I feel like leaders are the exact same yes we want them to have good moral standards but I don't think holding them as only having good moral standards is what makes up a leader I feel like leaders like ogres have so many layers that it's quite difficult to kind of dissect them I guess I don't know I'm not really understanding why I'm talking about ogres onions and dissecting things at 11 a.m in the morning but um yeah I don't know if I'd consider Hitler a leader but I guess the reason I wanted to bring that up is to kind of get people to reflect and sort of offer this perspective Mm -hmm. that leaders aren't just good moral standards you could be a leader and have awful moral standards that's an authoritarian leadership like you do good by the people and not have standards that people agree with but the outcome is still good for the people like I just think that people kind of need to shift the way in which they think of leadership. Yeah, so just to conclude, I don't really think I see Hitler. Like, okay, Hitler was a leader. He led a country. He led a party. He led people into war. So by definition of the word, he was a leader. He was a leader who made decisions on behalf of the people and had followers. Whether I think he is a good leader is a different thing. I think, yes, he improved employment for people. Yes, that meant that they got out of poverty, they had money, food, etc. He gave hope back to a country after World War One. But every, 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 every other thing that he did, I wholeheartedly disagree with. But um, I guess then to conclude, what values do you think make a good leader then? Like if we're looking at Hitler as not being a good leader because he was an awful human being when it came to another race of people, but what values do you think make a good leader? Uh, I guess, as I said before, it's like empathy and like, open-mindedness and caring but you know something that I thought about when I was thinking about this it's like you know that whole saying oh women can't be leaders they're too emotional mm. and like first of all is sexist second of all like what's so bad about a leader having emotion like exactly. every single human being unless you're like I don't know I don't know what's wrong but anyway everyone has emotion and like why would you want your leader to not be like an, at one with their emotions like that's just that's worrying. I think, like, I think it's the most important like thing. When it comes to healthcare, when it comes yeah. to actually having to make rapid decisions, I think women are very good at making, like, whether it's maternal instincts or whether it's just in general female instincts. I think, especially you can see in countries that are run by women, their COVID yeah. response was amazing because they knew, okay, because I don't know whether it's because women like to over-exaggerate things and they like to think bad about everything, but they saw COVID from the very beginning and they prevented themselves against like look now we're in and out of lockdown and australia and new zealand are okay so i don't know about australia but i know new zealand is okay but i just think i the idea of being disconnected from your emotions isn't really like i don't understand yeah that's worrying considering we have emotions we want like a lot of our issues stem from our emotions and our worries like worries is your main reason like yeah (laughs) i I just think people realize when you disconnect from your emotions it's not really feasible healthy yeah also i think it kind of, i think it kind of stems from like toxic masculinity you know this whole thing of like oh don't show emotion emotion's bad and because like historically like in our society anyway most of the leaders well basically all the leaders in ireland have been men well actually not the two presents like all t-shirts and yeah. but anyway it's like oh don't show emotion like that's bad so then over time it's become like part of being a leader is not showing emotion because historically it's always been like oh man don't show emotion yeah so now people are like oh women can't be leaders they're too emotional like 
First of all, what? Where does that make that, any like, sense? <laughs> like what, are men robots or something? Yeah, you also want to show emotion, to show that you connect with people, to show that you worry about their worries, to show that you understand, yeah. you're sympathetic, you're empathetic, you also have emotion. Like, I feel like that's, leaders are quite disconnected from their emotion in a way. And I, and I don't think, like, I actually had that written down on my phone this morning. I said, female leaders can't be leaders because they're too emotional. Because that is the We're biggest so thing. It's the biggest thing that, oh, female leaders can't be leaders because they're too emotional. Like, oh, what about when they get their period or whatever? Like, oh my God. I'm pretty sure when you're on your period, the highest concentration yeah. of in your body is testosterone. What hormone is that? A male hormone, people. <laughs> so basically, when we're on our period, oh, we act like males. Um, so there is some biological facts for your Sunday. Um, well, actually, we're filming this on a Sunday. I don't know what day it's going to go out. Probably Wednesday. That's the day I like to put stuff out. But thank you so much, Anna, for coming on. I really enjoyed having you. And Thanks now, for having me. No, I enjoyed having you. It's good fun. And yeah, I'm glad to actually have a listener on the show. Because it blows my mind that I actually have one listener. Because I feel like people who hear me talk in the daily are probably just like, shut up. But, you know, it's fine. <laughs> But yeah, I, know, so I was, I was thinking that. for ages about making a podcast as well. I was like, oh. and then you said this, and I was like, oh my god, I would love to be on. Like, I yeah, would love oh that. God, I love no, podcasts. I, I love having you. I feel like I love having people with like different ideas. I just love hearing about it because I'm so interested in that kind of thing. But I'm very happy you came on. I enjoyed it a lot. So oh. I hope all our listeners enjoyed it too. Um, I apologize for the ogre reference. I don't know where that came from. It kind of just happened. But you know what? It's all informal here. And um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. And we'll be back next week after. Well, yeah, I had a break the last week just because I wasn't feeling it. But yeah, no, we'll definitely be back next week for another episode. So stay tuned.